Welcome to All Stars in Transit, where we talk travel to all stars, the people working behind the scenes at AirAsia. Travel is our common passion, and we'd like to share with you our stories, tips, and recommendations. And I'm your host, Abby. This week, our guest is Ian, product manager at AirAsia. Welcome to All Stars in Transit, Ian. Hey, Abby. What's up? <laughs> Thank you for accepting my invitation no to come problem. on the show. So for today, I know that you've been in AirAsia for quite a while. Tell yep. me about your experience here. How did you start and when? It's going to be a long way back story. So I've been with AirAsia since 2007, I think right after I graduated from college. And then I tried to apply a job, which weirdly back then, the job that I was trying to apply to as a guest service. And guess what? I don't even know what guest service is. So <laughs> back in my mind, I just need to get a job so badly. Oh my so God. I tried to apply. And luckily back then, the HR from the Asia Indonesia, they saw my credentials, I guess, or, or my certificates, right? My background was IT. And fortunately, there's a position in IT that's an empty position. So they called me and then asked me if I want to go for interview for an IT position. So I was like, oh, yeah, of course, because it matched with my, my criteria, right? So I tried and then I got the job. And then a few years later, I ended up with the marketing team as the web team because I had a patience in web designing as well back then and also a little bit of background of web development. So there is an, also an empty position internally as a web designer. So I tried to apply and I got a job there. So I was responsible to manage the AirAsia homepage for Indonesia market for a few years, I think. And then uh, fast forward later, there is an empty position here in Malaysia as a web team lead. So that's when I flew to KL, and that was my first international flight. So can you wow. imagine my excitement? <laughs> the first time I had a passport. So that is the very reason why I need to get a passport. I left the company in 2019. Wow, just before the pandemic? Just before the pandemic. I joined a new company, but it doesn't last long. So it, it's only a few months, I think six months. You were with the telco, correct? Yes, yes, I was with mm. the telco. So it, it gave me an, an option, it's not saying an option, but experience to explore other things out there. But one thing that I realized is that there's no place like home. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I miss this, the... Um, you miss the travel? <laughs> you miss the travel, that's number one. <laughs> number two, I miss the cultures of the AirAsia. Yeah, and then I went back to the company in 2000, yeah, I think the late 2000, 2020, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but then you switched from um, web operations, which is in charge of the website, yes. AirAsia.com, yes, to Asia. product management. What do you do as a product manager? What I did as a web operations manager, it's kind of like a product manager's job or what the product manager do actually. We own the, the, the website and then we are responsible, I mean I am responsible as the continuations of the website and then the, the roadmap for the website which is what the product manager do, right? They are get in charge for the product and then they need to be responsible for the future of the product and also where the product is going as a roadmap. So that gives me a very smooth transition as a web operations manager to the product manager. Mm. So for you, the product is the AirAsia Super App, is it? Um, yeah, we could say that uh, because the website is one of the channels being used as, as a platform to 
to, to access the, the area. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's super helpful. Okay, so now we have mm -hmm. reached the fun part. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you about your memorable travels and your memorable trips. Can you think of a few stories from your trips that you think make them epic? This has an impact so much in my life. <laughs> Not in a way it pre love kind of thing, but maybe the same. Back then, I wasn't into hiking so much. I haven't been into a legit or proper hike. So I had a friend. Um, her name is Candice. So we both planned to Indonesia, a three days trip to hike two mountains. Wow, how do you do that? I know, how do we do that? I don't know, but on paper, it sounds so great, right? It's like morning, wake up, travel to this mountain, and then hike, and then come back, and then travel to another mountain. So like, oh, we can do it. I mean, we were still young, right? We can explore that. Um, the first mountain that we hiked was Bromo. I know it's it's accessible, right? So mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. can, can take the horse over there to, to enjoy the view, or like a jeep or the cars. Um, but we were on a budget. We couldn't afford those. So what we did was we walked and hiked, literally hiked to the viewing points. Wow. So, How long was that um, trail? Yeah. So if I recall correctly, so we reached our first base. The hiking place was about 5 p.m. We had dinner and then we get a rest for a while and then we start hiking at 12 a.m. Because those people on cars would be around 3 a.m. Yes, or so. correct. We're 3 a.m. Yeah. because they could just take about a few hours or maybe a half hours to, to reach to the viewing point. But for us, we have to walk all the way and it was pitch black. So right. <laughs> what we had was just a flight. Sorry, sorry the first light, right? And then uh, a Bluetooth speaker just to f <laughs> to make us doesn't feel that lonely and probably to scare whatever things away in the jungle. So it was an experience, but we managed to reach the viewing point at the right time when the sun started to rise. So it, it's an experience really great. Going to the viewing point, is it like jungle or is it a plain or is it flat? Um, I would say it's like a viewing point, like it's like, it's like a flat. So um, it's overlooked the valley mm -mm. and then from there you can see the Brahmo Mountain itself. So we were not technically hiked the Brahmo Mountain, but we hike a different way so that we go to the viewing point to see the sunrise that glancing over the Bromo Mountain. Mm -mm. So from there, did you also like go down and go up? Oh, yes, yes. So after after the sunrise and then we went down, that's when we start going to the Bromo itself mm -hmm. at the broad light in the morning. Okay, so after Bromo, there's okay. one more. Yes, so that's the second day, I guess. So we hiked down the Bromo Mountains and it was before 12 because we need to check out it by 12, right? So we didn't have that much time. We just had a breakfast and then check out. And then we start making the journey to another mountain. So the other mountain that we um, hiked, um, it's called Ijen. Oh, so you did that? Yes. So ah. it's from Surabaya to Banyuwangi. But then you would still need to take a yep. jeep or a bus yep. in between. So we took the bus from ah. Surabaya to Banyuwangi. Mm -hmm. And it is also a journey because our route was supposed to stop 
at a, I forgot what's the terminal name, but they drop us somewhere. So we need to figure out, yeah, I know, it's just dirty as well. So, and the bus stop every single time because I think it's not really following a schedule or anything. So they just stop at where people would stop them and then they just fill in people as, as they go, right? So mm-hmm. more often they just waiting for, for more passenger. So it took a few hours to, to reach there. But how did you make it to Ijen then? They just drop us and then we were both thinking, how, what, what should we do next? So um, luckily we tried to contact our Airbnb host in Banyuwangi and they were very kind enough to pick us up from there. Oh, lucky you. Yes. <laughs> I am an Indonesian, right? I should, it should be fine for me, but I've been away from home for many years. <laughs> So when I go back, I was like, I'm also lost. I feel like I'm just a tourist itself. That lost. Also, is there a different variant of Indonesian that is spoken in East Java? Yes. We speak Bahasa Indonesia mm-hmm. everywhere throughout the nations, right? But we had a different dialects or even local, local language or the mother tongue, if you wish. So in Western Java, where I came from, we speak Sundanese. Uh-huh. But the Eastern Java, they speak Javanese. Okay. So we can only converse with Baza Indonesia. Uh, but that was possible. That is possible. Yes, that is possible. Okay, at least. At least, yeah. I still can communicate with the people over there. We arrive at the Airbnb um, place. We had a dinner and then we freshened up. Uh, we took a nap about one or two hours. And then again, the same thing, 12 a.m. We woke up, get our boots ready, backpacks and start walking. And hiking. How was the hike like? I suppose this is a bit harder or more... Yes, it is. So Ijen is tougher than Bromo because Bromo is just a walk or just a minor hike to the viewing point, but Ijen is the real mountain itself. So the one thing that I it stick with me was the experience seeing the worker because Ijen has the sulfur, right? So that's where they, they mine the sulfur. Mm. So they are... Quite a lot of um, worker um, that go and hike, not saying with us, but because they're so fast, we couldn't cope with them. But so we find a lot of workers with a very minimum gear. And mind you, we were in a full-fledged hiking gears, right? And we were like sweating and and being tired. But they are in slippers and with t-shirts, with um, carrying. The I mean the the, the stone or, or the sulfur to carry down back from the Egypt mountain itself and it's an eye opening experience because then you realize that oh gosh like they work so hard to make ends meet. It's really an experience and it was like dawn and then. I mean, if anyone else going to Ijen and planning to go to Ijen hike, make sure that you bring also the proper mask or filter. There will be a, a wind blown and carry the sulfur uh, fumes. fumes. So it is really bad and toxic because oh. it, it can get to your eyes and you can be so watery and, and it's really bad. So you need a proper gear to go there. Oh, I forgot to mention that there are only two places in the world that has blue flames. I need to cross-check that and Google ah. it. But as far as I remember, I think there's only two places in, in the world. One is in Iceland and no one is in Egypt. You only see those blue flames at night, correct? Yes. Only because yes. it's dark. Correct. So meaning it's actually burning? It is. So um, I think it normally it is an eternal flame, which means that it never um, goes down, right? Huh. 
it, it is it is continuously burning, but it's only in one spot where the gas from the sulfur comes in, and I don't know how they ignite it in the in the first place. So did you actually go down inside? Yes, in the crater, in the crater itself. Oh. Yep. So we have to go down to the crater, and then um, I forgot to mention there is also a lake that is green in color. Mm. Of course, after the sunrise, and we can see there's actually green. So it is acidic, so you cannot. I mean, you you can touch it, but then you will get burn or even like um, rashes, perhaps because it's so acidic. I see. So meaning it's. Like a dormant volcano? Yeah, probably, yeah. Mm, okay. And then, like, by the time you're done, it's already sunrise. Yep. And then you go down, and it's, go down there's light and, already. Yep. Uh, That's when our experience ends. We go back to the Airbnb and <laughs> regretting our decisions because our body is aching from this continuous hiking. But it was great. <laughs> it's great to, to have an ambitions. <laughs> Two mountains in three days, but I think we gotta be more practical next time. So after that trip, me and Candice was like, I don't think we can do this anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was great trip. But it's okay, you have like two of the most iconic views yeah. from a yeah. mountain or from a volcano in Indonesia, yes. of which there are very many. But you also had other experiences hiking other mountains in Indonesia? Okay, I, I think I mentioned something that um, that that trip changed my life, right? Because after that, I kind of exposed, oh, I like hiking, so let's do that again, but not in that short period of time to hike two mountains, right? So I think I went back to to a few of my friends in Asia. We hike a mountain called um, Papandayan. Where is this? It's in West Java. So you come from Bandung or Jakarta? Yes, yes. So we flew from KL to Bandung. And then we took a ride to Garut because um, the mountain is actually uh, in Garut and it's about an hour and a half drive from Pandung. Mm. So we took a jeep there and then, yeah, we hiked and we spent a night there um, camping. What's special about Papandayan? Um, besides the view, uh, they have Edelweiss Field, which is very beautiful. Oh, so it's kind of like Switzerland, you feel. Yes, yes. Yeah, of course, it's, it's a mountain, right? And it's a high altitude and you feel like it's very, very cold and very chilly, but the view is amazing. Unfortunately, I think a few months after our visit to this mountain, Papandayan, I read the news that the Edelweiss field was burned. I'm not sure why, but yeah, it is quite sad. But oh. we were lucky because we went there <laughs> and see it ourselves. I hope they grew back. I hope so too. Oh, I have to check that now, remember. <laughs> if you've just joined us, you're listening to All Stars in Transit, where we talk to the people working behind the scenes at AirAsia. My name is Abby, and today I'm speaking to Ian of Product Management. Of the cities in Indonesia, you know Bandung best? I would say I know Bandung best because I studied there for three years, yeah. What can you recommend in Bandung? If I were to recommend based on my experience back then in 2007, I think what I recommend is to try the Batagor, which is a portmanteau of baso tahu goreng. <laughs> <laughs> baso means meatball, <laughs> tahu is a tofu, right? Goreng means fried. So it has all my favorite things and deep fried. It's nice and then they put a peanut sauce on top of it. I mean, generally, if you go to Bandung, just go in the food adventure. I forget what it's called. That flat steamed the, banana. 
Saleh. It is a different kind of taste, right? It's a dried banana yes. flat one, and it's kind of chewy and crunchy at the same time. Mm. Okay. Is that pisang sale? Yeah, pisang sale. Yeah. I see because it's not exactly the same as your dehydrated banana, banana. chips. Yep, yep. It's a different texture, it's a, different texture. a different form factor, yep. and you can bring it home as a souvenir. As a souvenir, and it can yeah. last <laughs> because ah. it's dried. There's also another food or snacks called um, tape. Which is fermented cassava, tapai mm. or tape. Oh, yeah. it's also quite um, interesting taste, and it has that um, sourish or fermented <laughs> taste. Yeah. Hopefully, it's also healthy. Mm, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, because I feel like it's similar to kombucha. I don't know. I'm just making. <laughs> I'm just making it up. <laughs> you said that you speak Sundanese. Yes. Where is Sunda? Where is Sunda? Oh no, <laughs> my <laughs> geography is really bad. I think if you drew a map, the Sunda Kingdom, probably what you see in, in West Java now, the western side of the Java Island from Banten probably to Priangan. And that's where we have the Chirabon or Tasigmalaya, I guess. Um, yeah, probably that. that's the, the area. But originally you were from Tasikmalaya? Yes, I'm from Tasikmalaya. What's in Tasikmalaya? The first thing that people ask me is the same like your question. So where you come from? When I, when I answer I'm from Tasikmalaya and they, their reactions or their answer is always be the same. By they, I mean the Malaysians. Is there any lake over there? Why do you think there's a lake there? Because the name Tasikmalaya means Malaysian lake in Bahasa Malaysia. Correct. So I replied, no. <laughs> because in Sundanese, Tasikmalaya doesn't mean anything, as far as I know. Uh, we, we call Tasik in Sundanese as Situ. So it is not lake. I mean, it's on Tasik. Right? So <laughs> what else in Tasikmalaya? We do have a lot of craft. I um, mean, it's quite popular for bamboo craft. So I don't know what the word in English is. Something that we use to take out the stuff from the rice. So it's a circle in shape, and then you just pour the rice on, and then just splash it so that the the dirt gets gets out. In many <laughs> agricultural societies in Southeast Asia, they would be they using would have this. Some sort of that. Yep. Yeah. We call it bilao in the ah. Philippines. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, in English. We should Google that. <laughs> we will look it up <laughs> we'll later. We'll look it up later. <laughs> Were there other uh, memorable hikes for you? Another friend of mine from Asia um, brought me to Hong Kong to hike. I know, Hong oh. Kong, hike, what? <laughs> so at first I was quite hesitant because in my mind, because I'd never been to Hong Kong before, and I... The thing about Hong Kong is that it's always been presented as city, skyscrapers, shopping. Correct. You wouldn't thought of hike. Mm, that's true. Um, the reason why we went there is actually just to see a concert. And after that, my friend told me, that why don't we go to hike as well? And I'm quite skeptical, but I say yes to it. And it's also an experience because it's not a mountain, but it's a trails mm, okay and the trail is really beautiful because it goes through the hills and then it can go down to the beach or coast, coastal area and it's really really nice oh i wouldn't have expected yeah that. me too i was quite skeptical and i was surprised and it's it, it's nice to, to see to experience it so if you're the more adventurous type and you happen to find yourself in yes. hong kong yeah try, try the trails hike. try the trails 
So what kind of traveler do you see yourself as or what types of travel do you prefer? I think it changed through time. So I would say back in the day, I am a backpacker because I was on a budget. I'm still young. I have the energy. Let's go for it. I can stay in a dorm. I can stay in a two-star hotels, and I'm good to go because I never spend uh, much of the times in a hotel or staying anyway. But as I grew older, because I'm so old right now, <laughs> So I changed to more reasonable traveler or budget-friendly traveler. And what I'm saying is that I splurge more because I would like to get, let's say, three-star or four-star holiday with better amenities or better things to, to enjoy, uh, but still going out and explore as well. So I guess it changed. I mean, the definition of what kind of travel I am changed through time. I think that happens to a lot of us yeah. uh, over time as well. <laughs> Have you splurged on anything on a trip? Food, definitely. Would you be the type to go to like a Michelin star restaurant? Um, not really going to the Michelin stars to splurge, but my definition of splurge is I go all out. When I travel, I just want to explore. I just want to try everything. So I don't limit myself. For example, if I go to Bangkok, I go for the steam boat. And then on the same day, I can go to the Korean barbecue as well. And then spending time, spending my time and also money in 7-Eleven to get snacks, right? So that's my definition of splurging <laughs> during the travel. I think I recall that you would go to steamboat by yourself. Yes, yes. I did that many times. When, when my friend asked, why do you spend time back then? Like every single day, go to the gym after work. And my response is always because I want to eat more. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. So I literally <laughs> spent time in the gym and then I went back and eat hot pot for dinner. <laughs> after. Wow. If you were to give any travel tips or travel hacks, advice you would give to a new traveler, do you have any in mind? Uh, tips, right. Um, I mean, yeah, do your research. That's number one. And probably the most important one that I learned is if you think you can do it in three, like hiking to mountain in three days, please don't do that. <laughs> spare time for five days. Um, what, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that um, do spare some extra time or extra um, schedule in your itinerary. Do not cram everything all in one day because you need to spend more time to enjoy rather than spending time commuting from one place to another because you want to catch, okay, 7 a.m., I have to see this. 8 a.m., I have to see that. So maybe that's what I would um, recommend to just take your time and enjoy. I agree. There's so many ways to explore. What's on your travel bucket list now? I had an um, experience visiting Melbourne and... Uh, Great Ocean Road wow. from Melbourne. I have been visiting the the same road for twice now. I mean, like I would visit that place again, even though I have been there twice. <laughs> so the Great Ocean. The Great road. Ocean Road. What about it is like something worth going back to? The view, definitely, and then the driving in the coastal area and just taking your time to immerse in that landscape is really, really 
nice and also um, relaxing to me and you never get bored of it um, you can see a lot of views and then you can visit a, a lot of um, stopping um, or viewing points and you can stop at every single town or cities or small towns I would say and just spend there a couple of days and because it's it's a small town right it's, it's it doesn't have that kind of city business or, or hectic so I like to enjoy that small thing, so... <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Besides that, probably I want to go to Iceland. Okay, that's going to be epic. So you are the outdoorsy type, would you say? Yeah, I would say outdoorsy. So I'm not really seeing myself going to a city kind of place. So I would like to enjoy the outdoors. You seem to have interesting luck everywhere you go. Wow. When you travel, do you yep. also have all these funny stories? I wouldn't consider it funny when, when that happens, right? But when you look back and I was like, wait, that's quite weird. And that's quite funny, right? So I guess maybe it's just me attracting those weird stuff happening. All of my friends know how many weird things are happening to me, right? One of it, I get locked outside of my car while the car is running. Amazing, right? So <laughs> that's just a glimpse <laughs> oh of weird things that happens to me. So... <laughs> So does this kind of luck follow you when you yes. travel? It goes yes. with me everywhere. Have you ever lost your passport, your wallet on oh, while traveling? Um, yeah, yeah, I think there's one. Um, I went to Europe and um, specifically um, Nice, yeah, in France. I took a train and then I had a bag. I uh, Let's just call it a backpack, right? I put it in front and that's where I had all my stuff, right? My passport and also my wallet. Fortunately, I wasn't get robbed, but... I stopped the rub. So what happened was that there's a lady next to me and um, she was wearing, not even wearing, but, but had a, a sweater. She's trying to cover something, right? But I wasn't aware that she's trying to cover her other hand that is trying to open my bag. So I realized when I feel something like zip, you know, when the zipper uh, is yes, going, yes. so I was like, what is this going on? And then I, I push her away and when that happened, it, it was happened so fast, right? And I couldn't react other than just pushing her away. And I wasn't aware that she's trying to rob me until it comes to me. And then I realized that, oh, wait, I was about to get robbed. Right? Have you ever been scammed when Scam? traveling? No, because I'm a very skeptical person. <laughs> <laughs> So the scammers come to you the and they couldn't do anything. No, thank you. That's too good to be true. Move on. <laughs> so in Asia, which uh, places do you think are worth recommending to people? I haven't been there, but it's also one of my bucket lists, right? I want to go to Kashmir. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's outdoor, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Scenery, perfect. It's yeah. perfect. And mountains. also the mountains and, of course, the ultimate goals, Himalaya. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right? It's, it's like, no, that's too high. Let's just bring it down a notch. But yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, I think Kashmir, I think it's very beautiful. I would like to go there and probably the Nepal. I think back then, one of my friends went there and share the story how magnificent it is to hike there even though not going to the real conquer the Himalaya but just trails and it's still very beautiful so probably there's two places that I would recommend because I want to go there have we ever traveled together no I don't think we have together I remember us doing the escape room oh yeah the escape room <laughs> 
I, uh, and we succeeded. I have to say, Ian is brilliant <laughs> when it comes to escape rooms. Yep. You know, the project manager side of him comes out because he he knows how to handle it. So I would want to do escape to rooms with Ian. Escape room That's good. Let's, 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 we need let's a team, plan. though. Yeah, it can't be team. just the two of us. Oh. Do you have any recommendations for like a short trip, a weekend trip, that kind of thing, where you can go by yourself? I mean, during the pandemic back then, we couldn't travel out of the States, right? And I was staying in Sepang. Mm. So um, I can only travel in within the Sepang state, right? So um, it was a weekend, and of course, everyone's staying at home, and you feel like you need to go somewhere. So what I can do back then is to visit the um, Sepang Gold Coast, yeah, so it's just only a one-hour drive from where I live. I mean, my suggestions for a short trip is just try to explore your neighborhood. You will surprise her because I was quite surprised that there is a beach within an hour drive from Sepang. And you can have, like, seafood. You had the staycation or you just drove around? No, I just drove around. So uh-huh. I went back in the afternoon, so I went there. Ah, uh, so it's just a day trip for you. It's just you. a day trip for me. Yep. So what is your next trip? My next trip, I hope that I can, the first one, it's Australia, of course, the Melbourne. And I think the most possibly that I will go to is Bangkok. Uh, is it with friends? Probably with myself. Just want to go there and eat. <laughs> Serious? Yeah, probably. Just, just go there. and. But not booked yet. Yeah, yeah. But not booked yet. See, here's the thing. I mean, it's a privilege for the Air Asia's... Staff. Staff, yes, right? For so us. you can just like, I feel like I want to go to Bangkok. Let's just book a ticket last minute. We can still do that, right? Staff benefits. Staff yes. benefit. Yes. Something that you should do if you join AirAsia, definitely. Exactly. So this is the privilege where it allows us to just fly within Southeast Asia in, without even thinking of planning. <laughs> mm, uh-huh. Oh, wait. Now it comes back to me. So there is a story where. I don't have any destinations in mind. I forgot what was it, but it was a long holiday. Okay, a three-day weekend. It's either on Friday or Monday. I couldn't recall one, but it was a long holiday. I don't have anything in mind. So, so you just showed up at so the airport? So I just showed up at the airport, okay. and then I just see whichever available at that time. And then I ended up to fly to Penang. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, yeah, I was just with one backpack. And because it is a long holiday... It was right? packed. It was packed. <laughs> of course, I never think that through. And then the hotels are fully booked. Oh, no. <laughs> Again, right? So maybe this is a lesson learned for everyone that listens to it. <laughs> At least I know if you... I mean, if you have a privilege to go without any plan, but still... <laughs> Maybe at least plan some portions, at least for your accommodations, right? Uh, so, but I've managed to get one, uh, or I managed to get a place to stay, fortunately. Mm. But it was a nice, yeah. I just go around Penang, eat food and everything. At least you weren't homeless for a day. <laughs> that <laughs> would have no. been I, a funny story. Exactly. Have you ever done that since? No, no, I learned. (laughs) I mean, I I, I still had like that kind of impromptu, but not like on the spot itself, probably like a few days before so that I can secure my accommodation. So I learned. Mm, Yes, please. (laughs) Book your accommodation. Book your accommodation. It's so easy. Just open the super apps. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Book the hotel from there. Yeah. (laughs) 
So we have come to the end of today's episode. So I would like to thank Ian for joining us. Thank you, Abby, for having me. If you picked up a new idea for your next trip, tell a friend about this podcast. I'm Abby, and this has been All Stars in Transit, where I talk travel with the people working behind the scenes at AirAsia. Life's a trip. Enjoy the journey.